Hello, hello, hello. This is another episode of the Mental Threads Podcast. I'm here with my man right here, uh, Pizza Man Spratt, if you'd like to say something. What's good? What's good? Yes, what is good exactly and whatnot. I've been meaning to get Pizza Man Spratt on this. You always just call you Pizza Man Spratt from left to right or just Spratt for short? Man, you just call me Spratt. Man. Okay, no problem. You can, you can call me Toasty then. Toast? All right, I'll call you, I'll call you Toast. Uh, all right, cool. That's that's fine too. That's fine. But I just I said like just toasty, toasty, not just toast. But anyway, um, uh, so like exactly, where exactly are you from, uh, Pizza Man? North Carolina, Greensboro. Ah, uh, yeah, you did say that you're from North Carolina. I don't know why I thought you were from a little bit up north, further and whatnot. So you're around the NCA and T area. Yeah, yeah. I don't maybe maybe from the style of beats. I don't know. Maybe some of my beats sound like I'm from up north, but no. North Carolina, man. And you didn't live in Charlotte at any point in your life? Yeah, I went to JCSU. Oh, okay. That's why your last song says BD's Ford on it. Yeah, that's that was my old that's my street. Oh, that's cool. All right, cool. Most of my friends are from West Side. So it's just like, you know, it's just like I'm more like a kindred with the West Side, uh, basically, than I would say like, you know, my side. I, I grew up on the East. And everything, but it's just I'm gonna see if I can pull up on them tomorrow, actually, because my one of my main friends just got a promotion at his job, I think, uh, from an internship to a main job because of the same year up program I'm part of. So I need to touch base with him on that. How long did you live on West Side, Charlotte? Uh, I was in Charlotte for a good seven years, man. Oh, okay. And wait, what, did you live anywhere before that, or you just you just were just was, kicking it for a little I was, bit? I was down there to go to college and everything. I went. I went there. Um, get a degree in computer science. Oh, really? Okay. And how'd that go? You just say fuck it and just moved on. Like you went to John C. Smith or something like that. I completed it. Got my paperwork and everything, bro. It's just that, um, you know, I'm in between jobs. I got a gig, but you know, you know, still doing this music. But computer science job they require so many certifications. I ain't found nothing in that field yet. Dang, bro. I always thought that maybe computer science so it was just, like, easy to get a job and whatnot after, because I'm just thinking, like, you know, because that's where the future is going to be at. And so it's just, like, you know, between manual labor and everything, I just thought that was going to be, like, the main thing, you know, and stuff of that right. nature. And I, I know being in between jobs way too well. I'm I'm, I'm about to start my new job at the warehouse this Monday. That's what's good, bro. Got to keep it grinding, man. I feel like a whole lot of this shit got oversaturated. Just mm. like college degrees, mm. and then they saying the tech field is about to start dropping. People ain't gonna have no jobs in, in the fucking one of the main things everybody went to school for now. No, really, for real? Yeah, man. I mean, I went to school for business marketing, so it's just like you know, I'm always gonna be needed. I mean, not needed, but I'm always gonna be like you know, there's always gonna be an industry that's gonna meet some need somebody for marketing. So it's just like you know. I mean, that's just, we live in a capitalistic society. So it's just like, you know, I felt like that was just kind of more up my alley and everything in terms of just, you know, building a brand and trying to put out a brand and stuff of that nature. Just, just anything like that. So it's just like, you know, like, you know, I think about computer science, I feel like, like you're probably my, like a crazy good mathematician or something. Does it take a whole, you have to be really, really good at math to be a computer science major? Yeah. You need to know the basics, man. You got to know statistics. You know, a little shit like that. For the most part, what it, what it all boils down to, bro, is just you getting the pre the prerequisites. Once you got the prerequisites, that computer shit ain't that hard. Shit. All that coding and stuff. Once you learn one coding program, they all pretty much the same. Oh, okay, okay, dang, I didn't know. I was like, that's actually crazy. Cause I wouldn't expect like, cause it seems like you come across as like more of like a hood type, you know. Little, like a gritty type of individual from like how like the way you're speaking and everything, how your music be playing. So I wouldn't expect that you got into like a computer science or nothing like that. You know, you grew up on West too, right? So it's just no. Um, I, grew, I grew up, I grew up in a little small town here in North Carolina, but like that, that's that's the main thing I want people to know, bro. Like just because you look a certain way, don't mean you you're not an intellectual. Cause that's what I am. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no, I'm sure. I'm sure you are an, an, entirely an intellectual. And being an intellectual, like you know, 
can come in different forms and everything. Some people can be more street intellectual. Some people can be more emotionally intellectual. Some people are more spiritually intellectual. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like just one uh, way you can be an intellectual, you know? So it's just like, you know, for computer science and still be like kind of gritty and everything. I just kind of thought it was like, not in the sense of like, oh, it doesn't match. It just sounds like, oh, a, like a rare fit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know exactly what you mean, bro. And just to get on that topic, I got a game. I got my own game on my website. I'm gonna send you a link to try that shit out. Yeah, you do got your own website too. Like I, I do really. Yeah, you made your own website yourself, right? I got my, I got my school friends, man. It's all about networking, bro. Like that's uh... one of the number one things. So one of my school friends, he started getting in developing websites. So he hooked me up. I just gave him the idea. Shit, man, you need to connect me with him, dude, because I'm trying to, I might need a, need to uh, get a website for sure, because I'm going to be touching base with so many things outside of podcasting, too. Like, I know I do music also, and plus I'm thinking about maybe maybe somewhere down the line I could probably start writing books, you know, uh, maybe start a YouTube channel, uh, maybe drop a clothing brand. So I'm going to have to put all that on the website, you know what I'm saying? Like, not just Linktree, you know what I mean? Definitely. And that clothing brand... If you, if you ever start selling clothes, bro, that should take off depending on, I say depending on where you get the clothing from. Like, a lot of people outsource and get that shit from China. That's how you make all the profits. Mm. Okay, I didn't know that. Because um, I was thinking about probably starting through Shopify and everything, get them, them to, like, print it for me and everything. Like, I already know how to make the logos and designs. I could probably edit it. And everything. It's really just more just about like just getting it on getting it online so it can be able to be bought and printed offline and then they could just head to I saw exactly what you're talking about on Shopify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to figure out how to get that situated. Cause I feel like I've been trying to do that multiple times, but I didn't know like how to do it. Cause it's just like, you know, cause it just became a whole lot. So I don't know. Maybe I need to check out some YouTube videos. Maybe I have to review it a little bit better. I don't I don't even know. Man, yeah, yeah, that, that's one of the main things I want to knock off my bucket list like next year for sure. I found out Fiverr is a good place to go when you don't know how to do stuff. Because you can find somebody on there that can help you out, or they might do it for you. You just gotta pay them a little bit. Oh wait, what's the name of the thing you're talking about? Fiverr. Fiverr. Okay, yeah, yeah. I need to definitely look up Fiverr for sure then and see what's up with that. Cause like, you know, from a website, from um me trying to start a YouTube channel, which I think I just need to just get a new phone, like maybe like an iPhone or something like that. And like, you know, maybe then take it from there and then do that. Cause I'm pretty consistent when I when I start anything. So it's just like, it would just be a matter of just me just uh, exposing myself to that um, situations and then taking it from there. Yeah. All about the quality. I'm just doing good quality shit. People are retiring. Oh, yeah, no, no, I bet, I bet. But uh, back to you, though, what led you to, like, wanting to go into, like, school for um, computer science? And what school did you go to? You went to James, uh, uh, John C. Smith, right? I went to JCU in Charlotte. Uh, I was going to get into, I was going to get into business like you, but they actually required more math classes. So, and I, I'm okay at math, but surprisingly, in computers, you only have to know, like, some of the basic stuff. So who I got into it. Computer science was the easiest shit for me to learn. Oh, damn, man. I don't know, man. Because I'm a business student, man, and I don't even remember taking too many of it, like math class and whatnot. And math is my strength and everything, but it's like, dude, I think I took like one statistics class. And I don't even know how I passed that class. I'm not even going to lie. For me, statistics was hard, but I had to take accounting. I got B's in accounting because using just regular math, like shit you use at the bank. Mm. So accounting was a breeze. Anything that's realistic with math, I can do that. But statistics and algebra, I don't understand that shit, bro. Because once you put them letters in there, it don't make sense. I mean, I'm cool with the letters and everything. It's just once there's like a pattern, like I can figure it out pretty much. Like once there's like certain things, like okay, this goes with this and that, then it's like I get math. Math ain't nothing but patterns to me. But it's like shit gets complicated when it's like they start like letting the like the 
calculator do certain like you know things and you press a certain buttons and everything and do like some alt stuff you know what i mean and i just be like nah man i don't know man <laughs> i start getting confused from that you know but yeah as far as my website though i want everybody to go to supremepeaceofman.com check out my album life and times of five dollars all you got to spend. Just for your album? For my album. I sent you a link. I sent you a free link, actually. Is it like the, you mean the Supreme uh, Pizza Man uh, album that, uh, that that's also on YouTube, right? Oh, no. I got a different album that's it, not on YouTube. That's not anywhere but on my website. You can't get this album nowhere else but my site. Oh, so, okay. I mean, hey, I'll probably see if I can support next time I get paid for sure, man. I don't even know where my bank account is at right now, to be honest. I'm, I'm on that weird, that weird space where it's just like, you know, like, I I, I, I ain't even checked my bank account in a while, you know. It's just like, I'm, I'm just going out and eating and shit, you know what I mean? Hey, I know how I do. <laughs> like, I'll feel more confident once this next check comes in. I'll be like, okay, let me hit up. Let's do pizza, man. I actually saw a beat pack earlier today, and it was like, it had some, like, some of the most fire beats I heard in a while, like just off the three beats I heard off of it, and it's like it was, it was like fifty beats for thirty five dollars, and I'm like shit, I might, I might. I mean, you might as well if it's some good ones. For me, when people be sending me beats to my email and stuff like that, and beat packs, I check them every now and then, but for the most part, I still got my set producers I work with. I don't really go out my out my bag, go out my little. A little chain already have. Yeah, man. It's just it's so crazy. Like when it comes to beat packs, I feel like I'm a hoarder for beat packs because it's like, you know, it's just like I just feel like it just sits in my emails and stuff. Like and it's just it just stacks up over time. You know, I'll be having like a hundred, hundred fifty, and then add another hundred, and then two hundred fifty, and then three hundred songs, and then you have three hundred beats, and you know, it just adds up over time. Like I feel like I wouldn't be surprised if I had over like a thousand beats. Just off my computer alone, like that's that's how bad it is now. <laughs> like it's just like once I hear like some and it sounds fire, I just want to keep it. You know what I'm saying? It just did just for the future because like just the process alone. Like I just put the beats on a flash drive and I just write songs. I pick out beats specifically I want to write to, and I just go to the studio and then just do whatever. You know, man. The best feeling is if you can if you got some old beats from like 2012 or 14. Yeah, you bring it back and listen to it now. If you can do something on a beat that's from way back, it means it's timeless. A lot of shit is dated, so you can't just go back and do it. So that's how you know it's a good beat. Yeah, no, sir. Not even just that, but it's just like you know, you feel like nobody else has heard it either. That's one of the best feelings too. Like if it's like like you see it on YouTube and it's like like comes out years ago, it's only like. 30 to maybe like 400 people listen to it or maybe a views of it and everything you're like yes because then it's just like then it's like even if somebody did take it that hasn't it hasn't blown up yet but it's like you know then you can keep it for yourself you know what i'm saying like okay like i could really do something with this and like if it really blows up into something you know you know like crazy and whatnot then it's just like you know like there's more chances there you know because it'd be hard because like you gotta buy certain rights but if it's like free for profit type stuff like then it's like then you're still good and whatnot i guess and then unless you gotta get like a lease and stuff of that yeah, nature. I, I try to lease all my shit because i, I want to put all my stuff out there if i don't lease it i don't i try not to even try not to do that shit because you'll be doing songs and you know it really don't hold no I mean, it might hold a purpose to you, but for me, I feel like I got to make sure I, I can have some kind of ownership to Yeah, no, seriously. I mean, that's why I always try to find as much free-for-profit stuff I can find, or at least just buy B-Packs all at once so they can at least give me all the rights um, as they can. Because, like, you know, like, especially next year, like, I'm really trying to plan to really, like, put as much songs out as I can, like. Uh, like any chance I get to go into the studio like this year, like I'm gonna take it. Like especially before I relocate to DC, for sure. So what do you think for releasing music? You you like quality or quantity? Which one? Which one you do? 
I feel like quality only gets better like the more you expose yourself to the process. And I feel like that's only through like, you know, uh going over and over again. So that's kind of like my philosophy when it comes to music, you know. Um like when I when I dropped my first project, like Ego Trip and everything, like the more I got into the studio, the better I felt like I was getting at like, you know, um making a song, uh catching up with a beat, you know, stuff of that nature. Although it's like, you know, it's your first project. So it's gonna come out kind of rough anyway. But hearing like the reviews, like, oh yeah, this is good, this is good, this is all right. And but then it's like thing like, oh, it could have been better. Like the more I go into the studio, the better I'll get. You know what I'm saying? So it's like that's how I'm kind of beating myself up. Cause I feel like this whole year I wasn't able to like go into the studio as I wanted to. And yeah, I feel like, you know, I feel like that's a lot of missed opportunities for growth. You, you feel what I'm saying? So I feel like yeah. quantity builds quality. When you first start off, you're trying to get established. Yeah, you need to do a whole lot of songs. But I say as you start getting up in there, you done put out about maybe four projects. That's when it starts to be about quality. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, no, surely. Like, just like how, like, Kendrick Lamar and J. Cole, when they were coming out, they had mixtape. They had a whole lot of mixtape. Not a whole lot of mixtape, but they had a, a whole, that quantiful, like, a, like, an abundant amount of content out before they were really dropping their main, main albums. You feel what I'm saying? Like, a Born Center and uh, a Sideline Story and, uh, you know, 2014, Forest Hills Drive. Like, before the that, on J. Cole's case, it was, like, the warm-up, um... Uh, yours truly and uh you know the comeback and uh and just stuff like that you know it's just it's just like you know i feel like to get to really build a fan base i feel like you start building a fan base like a very like straightforward uh uh fan base like in your mixtape area area you know what i mean like as an artist yeah remember how wheezy did it he was just doing remix after remix then he just took off with this. Yeah, yeah. Lil Wayne was a demon in the whole mixtape era, bro. Like, I swear, bro. He would, like, literally kill a song and make it his song, fucking song. <laughs> like, in a sense, and it would be like, bro. Lil Wayne, I feel like that era, like, I feel like that's when I was at my most creative when it came to, like, writing. Because I feel like, you know, it's just, like, just way how just Weezy just, like, attacks a song and just fucking, um... Just like makes it his own, but also like adds his own flavor with the, his own like uh, way of words and uh, double entendres. I feel like that's just. I feel like he needs to really get his flowers indefinitely right now. I know people used to hate on him back in the day, like oh, Tupac was alive, he'd be working at McDonald's, blah blah blah. And it's just like, dude, this nigga is the goat right here. <laughs> like you can't, you cannot shit on, you can't, you can't shit on Weezy anymore. Like he, he has to be in that goat conversation for sure. Because like literally, like you don't start off your career calling yourself Lil Wayne, and then after your your era, there's like all sorts of rappers calling themselves Lil This, Lil That, Lil This. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Sorry, say that again. Everybody. <laughs> Yeah, man, I feel like that's one thing that people kind of hated about, like, the little one year. Just, I guess it was just, like, such a chokehold that it was it was just too influential to the point where everybody was starting to copycat. But I feel like that's just the industry, to be honest, as opposed to just his fault. You know what I'm saying? Like, when, when T-Pain came out with the auto-tune, everybody was using auto-tune after him, you know? Yeah, I feel like you two took it to the next level with auto-tune. He made that shit, like, acceptable for everybody to use because now everybody uses I don't care for it that much but I feel like Future he's the one that kind of brought that shit into the next generation Future and Weasley picked it up and then Future ran with it I feel like Kanye West also kind of like uh, perfected it not perfected it like made it perfect but just perfected it in terms of just how to use it in an art like, uh, stance like with like 808s and heartbreak and everything. Yeah, I feel like he went with Kid Cudi and Travis Scott be who they are. Cause like that's how they make their music. Yeah, and it's all really good. When they do, when you use auto-tune like the right way, like it's good. But when you oversaturate it, it'd be like it's shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, it'd be too much. 
Like, I feel like it's an instrument in itself, but you have to use it the right way, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. it... Like, like, there's like a jazz musician playing saxophone, and then everybody else playing saxophone. They're bullshitting on the saxophone. It just kind of like it would like make jazz uh, out to be whack. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, she liked yeah. it. But um, back to you and everything. Um, so it's just I understand that you pretty much uh was born and raised a little a lot. We were pretty much born or brought up a little bit in a small town in North Carolina. What was the name of that small town? Oh, Reevesville. Reevesville? Reevesville. Yeah. Reevesville. And then you moved to Charlotte and now you live in Greensboro right now. Yeah. Oh, okay. Shit crazy out here, man. In Greensboro? Yes. Yeah. We got bad out here. I think. I think Charlotte's still, you know, one of the um still higher crime rate cities, but Greensboro's getting bad. Oh man. So what would you say? Is Greensboro mostly like West Side Charlotte or East Side Charlotte? I say it's I say it's a little bit more east side and just a little bit of west side. It ain't on ain't nothing like West Side of Charlotte. That that's you it's, <laughs> what about Northside? Do you feel like it has elements of Northside Charlotte in it somewhere? Yeah, Northside is nice. From what I remember, like university and all that. So, yeah, nicer parts. But, uh, yeah. but not like the Hidden Valley parts. No, I never went up there in the Hidden Valley part. So I don't know too much about that. I know about South, South, East, Westside. South is nice too. South side is nice, but I don't know nothing about hit hit valley part. Ah, uh, bad up there. Well, what about Sugar Creek area? You pretty familiar with Sugar Creek area in uh, Charlotte? Yeah, I've been through there. Okay, well, like, would you like what parts of Charlotte kind of reminds you like of uh, Greensboro? I would say more more east side and north side. Ah, uh, okay, okay, cool. Cause I ain't been there only like maybe a couple times. I'm passing through or everything. I think I had to drop off on my friends in Greensboro like once, uh, but that's just about it. Like I'm not too familiar. I, I wish I'd get more familiar though. By A and T is like the West Side. Mm. Just that little area though, right by A and T. Nothing else. Yeah, and I know, like, a lot of the HBCUs are usually, like, set up in the middle of the hood someplace. Like, I know, like, I went to North Carolina Central University, and we're right by the hood. So, it's like, you know, like, that was crazy. Oh, yeah. You know, for some reason, it has to be in the hood. You got to mm -hmm. college right there. Yeah, no, for real. But it's all cool. It's all a vibe to me, to be honest. But anyway, um, back to you, though. And... Um, transitioning from like your uh from the small town you grew up in to Charlotte, and then now living uh to Greensboro. Um, like how do you like describe the transitions between those three towns? I mean, the hardest one is going from the small town to Charlotte. You don't know what the what the fuck is going on when you go to a big city. You see all them big ass buildings, and you just looking up and shit. Got to get used to riding the bus and stuff. So it was a bit of a culture shock for you on that end? Yeah, yeah, because you don't be around that many people. It's, it's just a constant influx of people coming in and out of Charlotte. It ain't like that in, in Reevesville. You see the same motherfuckers. So that's different. So once I went from went to Charlotte and then came to the borough, the borough ain't really as big as Charlotte, so it's like it's pretty light. It ain't, it ain't as Ain't as much of a culture shock. Oh, okay. So, would you say you're more comfortable in, in the smaller towns, like maybe a Greensboro or uh, the small town that you grew up in, uh, and compared to like a uh, Charlotte and whatnot? I like the outskirts. So, if I was anywhere, you know, anywhere besides a small town, but if I'm gonna be in a bigger city or a large area, put me, put me in the outskirts of that large area. Don't put me smack dab in the middle of shit. Ah, uh, so you're not, we wouldn't describe yourself as a city type of cat. You're more like an out the country type. 
Yeah, just away from shit. I don't like to be around too much. You know, you get jammed up on account of somebody else these days. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I feel it. I feel it. Did you have any struggles uh, growing up in Charlotte and whatnot? You know, in regards, cause I know you had a bit of a transition, a little, whole lot of a culture shock and whatnot. But do you feel like it was kind of like an obstacle for you and getting uh, like around in Charlotte, or did you just kind of grow used to it? Oh, yeah, yeah. I used to get lost. You know, where the hell you get a whole lot of time. Just huh? transition, not not being able to know how to get around, cause you ain't from no big city with all these different turns and shit. But besides that, it ain't too much. I say the only struggle was, you know, you. I was in college, I lost my parents and shit. Mm. But, and shit. but besides that, you know, yeah, uh, I was also something to make you unfinished in schools, but I had to use that as fuel or whatever. But that was definitely a struggle. Dang, I'm sorry to hear that. You you telling me that you literally lost both your parents while you're in college? Just my mother. I lost my father earlier in life. Not not same same time period. Oh, uh, okay. What what age were you when you lost your father? See, I was young. I was like 12, 13. Dang man, dude, that's that's crazy. But you're still like kind of like in that middle age and what not in that middle age, that you know, that transitional age, you know, adolescence and everything from childhood to adolescence, you know. That's that's crazy, man. I you know, I send my condolences to your loss and stuff, but uh growing pat trying to um, grow past um your uh, father's passing and then later on your mother's like how did you really overcome those two griefs, like, respectively, like, with your father and uh, your mother, uh, respectively? I mean, I guess everybody feels grief differently, but you gotta find something to do. For me, I was in the sports at the time, so I was playing basketball. I get in, start, start, you know, start shooting jump shots, start doing, doing drills or whatever, basketball drills, that is. You know, just playing ball and shit. But after that, you know, niggas get away from ball, you know, start smoking or whatever. Mm. You know, you listen to the music while you smoking. So, you know, you might start freestyling. After that, you know, after you start freestyling, what's next? You want to rap. Mm. Okay, so you said that music was something you discovered out of the grief of losing your father at first? Oh, yeah. Would you say that music was uh, very helpful in, in terms of like helping you uh, process that, or do you still have uh, uh, trouble processing your father's passing and then later on your mother's passing? Oh no, I don't have trouble processing none of it. But like, it's just all about just being able to express yourself and getting that shit out. Because if mm. you don't get that shit out, you know, you you might let it out the wrong way. Yeah, no, I feel that for sure, man. And uh, so you lost your father at the age of 12, and uh, then uh, you lost your mother in college and everything. Um, explain, like, where your headspace at uh, before and after you uh, lost your uh, mother and whatnot. Oh, shit, oh, shit. I, I didn't know what the fuck to do. I was ready to drop out of college and shit, but really was nothing to do from there. So I was like, yo, I, I can't drop out. Got to find a way to get myself to finish because that's what she wanted me to do. So that's what I did. And I'm sure they're both very, very proud of you, man, for sure, man, because it's like overcoming all that and still manage to get your degree regardless. You know, that's that's a feat, man. Yeah, and it's like at that time I had writer's block for music, but as I was in school, I learned that, you know, you need money to even yourself out there in music so that's why I didn't just say no. I'm gonna just drop out of school and do this, that, and other. Like, you gotta have some sort of some source of income these days. It just don't don't work like magic like niggas think. Yeah man, no, I feel that. I feel that very, very heavy, man. It, like seriously you have you have unimaginable uh, willpower to even like overcome that man. Uh, do you have any siblings by any chance? No, just me. 
Dang, it's just you, man. So that's like, so you just have to be strong just for you and everything. Um, I think that's very, that's very, very admirable. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's what I'm looking for, admirable. Yeah, that you can even, like, overcome that and, like, still manage to get your degree Um, still and everything. You know, like, I feel like people that, like, go through, like, the most in life are usually set for, like, some of the best blessings in their life. They just keep their minds uh, focused on that. Um, and whatnot, and they do make for like a uh, God's strongest warrior. So it's just like you know, whatever adversity that you may be facing, whether it's like in between jobs or whatever, I feel like you're gonna get through that uh, seamlessly. Right. Yeah, sure. That's okay. You can say whatever you want to say. I just want to let you know we got like about six minutes and whatnot. Oh yeah, and then we gotta hop on again. Just letting you know. Already, man. But yeah. yeah, that's all I got to say about that part. But as far as music, though, what, what was you fucking with on the album besides that? Uh, Betty's, that Betty's for what else you fuck with on? I was messing with the the Office Winstead, um, and then pretty much I was just pretty much messing with the general feel of the whole album. You know, I'm more like an album feeler. Like I don't like just take out just one piece of the song or whatever. I may replay like one or a couple, but considering I was just trying to make sure I to give all the same uh, attention to all the songs and everything, I feel like it's a solid album altogether. Like Supreme Pizza Man is like a very solid project. You know, with 14 tracks. Um, and it's just like I feel like you have a very very um how can I say um a very unique flow and presentation that's like different from the others. Like I, I sense there's a little bit of capital here and I'm not capital uh, currency here and there. And just like, you know, I feel like you're influenced from a lot of the stuff from like the nineties too, which I feel like mm -hmm. kind of bleeds into your style a little bit. Um, would you say that you're a fan of MF doom? <laughs> you asking me, how did I know? Yeah. How did you know? Because I'm a fan of MF Doom. <laughs> we, real recognize real, man. I can tell just from how the cadence of how you rap and everything and just the general feel. And also just the callback to, you know, food, also a piece of man being a reflecting off of his food uh, project also. Um, but we're going to go more deeper into that uh, in the next uh, recording and everything since we only got about a good five minutes left and I don't want to have to cut you off and everything. So like the second half of this uh, interview process, we're going to focus more on your influences, what led you into music and uh, you know, just where you trying to uh, take it from there. So, and that's cool with you, right? Yeah. That's <laughs> All right, cool. I'm going to end this right quick and then we're going to hop on a little bit. I'm going to just let you know uh, when this thing will be uh, more open. Okay. Uh, All right, cool. See you in part two. All right, back on for part two. All right, just like we were speaking in uh, part one, I know we were speaking a whole lot about uh, influences in regards to like uh, uh, going deep into your style um, with the whole uh, your project, um, Supreme Peace of Man, um, and how like uh, there's elements at MF Doom I kind of pick up uh, through that. You would describe yourself as a Doomite, correct? Yeah, I'm a Doom. Definitely. And what is your favorite project by MF Doom? His very first one, Doomsday. Oh, okay. Yeah, I like Doomsday and everything. I lean, I lean more to um, fruit, food or uh, uh, Mad Villainy uh, that he did um, with um, what, was the producer? what was the producer you work with on Mad Villainy? Sorry, my my brain's just Mad. Uh, Name Mad Lib. Mad Lib. Okay, yeah, my, yeah, most definitely, man. Yeah, sorry, my brain is just not operating at a hundred percent. But it's like, uh, but yeah, man, it's just M of Doom, bro. Like he, he really showcased a whole another dimension to rap music. It's just, just when I think like rap couldn't be like expressed differently and everything. It was mostly Tupac and Big that got me, kind of got me more intrigued uh, uh, into rap and showed me new dimensions of what rap music could be entirely. Um, listen to Doom. You it it could be a cartoon, like you can be, you can imagine everything he's saying. No, seriously, and just the double entendres and just all sorts of things. 
that he'd be saying it just be like you know he speak he raps like he's talking to you and i feel like that's one of the main things that kind of sticks out to me is that it just sounds like some guy you're just speaking to but he's like putting you uh, on game to so many other things and everything you know god bless his heart man i couldn't believe he passed away back in uh was it 2021 he passed away or was it 2020 the end of 2020 I think it was 2020. I can't believe it's already been close to 2020, man. Yeah, he, he passed away in October of 2020, right? I think he passed away sooner than that, but that's when the information got released. Yeah, in December of 2020, but he was actually, yeah, I think he passed away back in October of 2020. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, that was insane, man. That was, I didn't know how to feel about that. Yeah, they say he, he he was sick on the low, man. Yeah, what was it like? Uh, pheno- was it like pneumonia or something like that, or was it just? I think he had something wrong with his uh. Yeah, you know, he was drinking a little bit, so he might have complications like that from drinking. Dang, that sucks. Yeah, cause I think his his son passed away um before he did when he was young. Like like his brother, his brother died too. Yeah, that was before uh, he became MF Doom. Yeah. Yeah, man. He he went through a lot, man. He lost a lot, and then he just ended up passing away himself. But I feel like he left, like, a pretty damn good, like, uh, legacy behind, too, man. Because it's, like, there's just so many people that he's influenced. From Tyler, the creator, to Earl Sweatshirt, um, to even yeah. you. And just the list goes on forever, you know? West Side Gun. Yes, it was, it was definitely West Side Gun for sure. Yeah, I I, I like his beat selection. West Side Gun be picking them perfect beats. Mm, and MF Doom be making some really really timeless beats too, man. Like I know on my bucket list for sure, I definitely want to drop a project where it's just me just rapping over like all his like uh not all of it, but it's just like. Or it's just all the whole album is just filled with beats from the special herbs uh projects and everything. Yeah, he got one, he got a real good one. I think it's uh like calamus root, it, you know, they all named after different roots, yeah, and or like spices and stuff. One beat is called bergamot, a bergamot that's just stupid, and burdock root. Oh, burdock, that, yeah, that beat stupid too, and, and vermilion, yeah, man. He went crazy with all them beats. Isn't there a beat called Saffron? I bet it is. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, man. It's just MF Doom. It's just like, I don't know, man. It's just one thing. I, I definitely, it's just there's a bucket list of just, you know, type of projects I want to drop and everything. And it's just one of them that's for sure. I want to do a tribute project, a project to MF Doom and everything uh, where it's just just his beats. And then that's just what the project is. And if I could just make sequel out the sequel of that project, you know, as a mixtape and everything, like I just him definitely MF Doom beats, Jay Dilla beats, um, Alchemist beats for sure. Um, somewhere down the line, and it's just like, yeah, man, it's just like, cause it's just like, it's so crazy how you can get inspired just from a beat. You know what I mean? So it's all about beats. I wouldn't say it's all about the beats. There's just certain things like it's just like like there's the cadence and the flow that also come that uh, that we all get influenced by a lot of our uh, predecessors and everything. I feel like that plays a huge mark because you know you got to learn how to like rap and flow over the beat and everything, and also learn like how to pretty much just pretty much draw your soul into it. You know, really in, entangle yourself, your soul into you know your art through through a beat, basically. Yeah. I do. You gotta have beat selection because if you don't got beat selection, your project could be ass out here. Oh yeah, most definitely. I totally agree, but I feel like that's just more surface level. Like you should definitely know that. <laughs> like you cannot <laughs> try to put a project together with trash beats, man. That... You could you could have a high quality beat, but the sound might not match how your voice is on the beat. Like you could have bad beat selection that way. Yeah, but it's like, would you rather like be really rap really good on a shitty beat, or um, and then you keep pushing that, or uh, rap um decently, but like on a on a um 
on a really, really, really like a good beat and whatnot. Like just like it's not too good to other it's just whatever, but on a really, really good beat. I, I would I would honestly say it really depends on the cadence of the beat. Because mm. I done heard some real trashy beats where you'd be like, you know what? I think I need to hop on this for shock value because this sounds crazy. Mm. Personally, I'd rather like for ego for pride purposes, I'd rather just have rap really, really good on a shitty beat. Um, because then it's like okay, then they would just notice your skill more. You know what I'm saying? Like you hear like a Playboy Cardi song and be like, you know, like they notice me. It's like that beat slaps so 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 hard, but it's just him saying they notice me, they notice me, like and that's just it. And it's just like I still like that song, but it's just like you know at the same token, time you gotta realize that all he's saying is they notice me, and then introducing a the little baby talk whatever in between you know it's like i felt like that was kind of like a waste of a good beat to be honest but i mean he still kinds of makes i like party like what he be doing with that little chipmunk voice i feel like it's it's futuristic yeah but at the same time i know how it can get overly did yeah no surely no most definitely and outside of uh, MF Doom, what are some other influences that you have for, for your music or just you as an artist? Clips and Wu-Tang. Who? And the Wu-Tang? Yeah, Clips and Wu-Tang. Oh, Clips, like uh, Malice and Pusha T. Yeah, because they from Virginia. They right next to North Carolina. They right above Oh uh, yeah, it's and were clips were clips like produced by Pharrell at one point? Yeah, that's where they came from. That's 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 their homeboy. Mm, yeah, okay, all right. I feel that. I feel that. I feel that. I didn't get too too familiar with clips. I am familiar with Pusha T and everything a little bit more than the whole clips collected. Cause I know they've been rapping since like how long? Two thousand four. Yeah, 2004, man. Yeah, it's been a minute. Because I know they kind of influenced Drake for a little bit, and then Pusha T ends up beefing with Drake years later, which is crazy. Um, And then, like, Malice became, like, a Christian rapper called No Malice. Yeah, man. He found, he found God. Found God. I need to really, I need to check the catalog a little bit more closely because they were influential to some degree. How do you feel Clips influences you and your music? Because I'm not too, too familiar with Clips uh, the way I'm familiar with like Wu-Tang Clan. I'm definitely familiar with Wu-Tang Clan, but I want to speak about, like, I want to hear, like, what's your uh, stance on Clips? Clips is using real, like, live beats that Pharrell was doing. Like, you know, he was playing instrument. So, mm. If you listen to any of my songs, it'd be a lot of different instruments in my beat. Like it don't just be like just one one different you don't just hear a drum and a sample, it'd be a whole bunch of shit going on. So it's not typical, it's what you're saying. Exactly. Mm, yeah, no, no, I, I feel that yeah, I, I think I'm I, I I feel like I hear what you're saying right now. Like in regard, I'm gonna have to check out your music a little bit more extensively now. Maybe listen a little bit more to clips to see what, what how it kind of like holds up in regards to what you got going on. But yeah, man, having stuff like uh, instrument, different instruments could really, really set the tone. Um, not just for your album, but even could set the tone for a movement too, because it's like literally every side of like uh, America when it comes to hip hop, there's like they got their own distinct sound. That just like you just kind of find elements of and other songs and everything and other artists like you know you got you got New York with the whole boom bop thing going for them, and then you got the West Coast, California with like you know their form of G funk and everything of that nature, and then uh, you got like um, Louisiana with what they've got, and then Tennessee with what they got, and then Houston with the whole chopped and screwed situation. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody has their own their own flavor. And everything. Would you say that Virginia is more like uh, instrumental and um, how can I say, uh, yeah, instrument based when it comes to making beats and and, and stuff of that nature? Yeah, Virginia's funky. Mm. So Virginia is more like the funky side, is what you're saying? Indeed, 
It's definitely fun. Ain't Wale from that side of town in Virginia someplace? I don't know. I think I think he might be from uh, either from Maryland or DC. I need to look up Wale for sure because I I fuck with Wale heavy and everything. Although a lot of people might not mess with him for whatever reason, I think Wale is cool and everything. And I noticed like you know like even when it comes to the Wale's and the Pharrells and everything, they got a certain like ear for music that's just like. It doesn't really okay, yeah, yeah. He was born in Washington, DC. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I see what I see what it is. Um, but uh yeah, man, it's just it's just one of those things where it's just like I feel like Virginia does has a certain sound um that's just that's more in depth with just being more poetic and not just in like the rap side of things, but also in like the instrumental side of things too, like with the instruments. Uh, you know, playing guitar. Yeah, just kind of pouring more life into like it, where it's not just it's not typical. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it ain't what you normally gonna hear. Do you feel like there should be more uh, focus on uh, artists in the DMV and Virginia area, especially? Yeah, North Carolina. Yeah, North Carolina, especially, but you know, like. Yeah, just if we have to speak on like states that are just kind of like underrated and everything, I feel like Virginia is definitely up there for like being underrated because I feel like there's been a whole lot of influence out of Virginia um, that hasn't been regarded as much as the, I feel like we needed to. Like, what? Timberland from Virginia. Timberland's from Virginia. That's that's a big one. And uh, then you got obviously uh, Pharrell with the Neptunes and everything. Chris Brown. Yeah, Chris Brown especially. Come on, I'm about to look up who are some other artists from, from Virginia art, rap artists. <clears throat> Virginia. Yeah, Missy Elliott is from Virginia. Yeah. <laughs> Missy oh, Elliott, Timbaland. And then it just uh just goes on for their big poo. Eclipse, obviously, family. Yeah, the, the Lady of Rage is from Virginia. Damn. I didn't know because like her origins in Los Angeles, but how she was born in Virginia, I guess. So Pusha T, Malice, obviously. We already spoke about them, Timbaland, Pharrell. And then there's and then there's some people called Wu Syndicate, and they say there's a group from Virginia, consisting of Joe Mafia, Napoleon, and Melansky. Uh oh, okay, yeah. It's like um, this, this is weird. Like Wu Syndicate, I don't even know if they're really affiliated with the Wu Tang. Oh yeah, they are actually affiliated with Wu Tang Records. Okay, I see. I'm just looking up all this other stuff when we should be like talk, having conversations about it. But it's like, yeah, man, I feel like Virginia is one of those um, underrated um, places in regards to hip hop. And I feel like we need to definitely give Virginia their flowers and whatnot. Uh, but uh, in regards to North Carolina, I don't know. I feel like we, need, we still need more growing room and everything. You know, you still got the baby and we got J. Cole and we got Petey Pablo. And so, but I feel like we definitely need to just. I feel like our time is coming very soon. Definitely in the twenty twenties for sure. I can sense it. I can feel it. But it's still going to be a process altogether. You, you feel what I'm saying? Man, they got MVP Franklin. Say again. My bad. It's just. It's just. Uh, it seems like the sounds kind of cutting in and out. But yeah, say again. MVP Franklin. He's from North Carolina. He knew. Mm, and De Niro Farrar. You hear about De Niro Farrar, right? Yeah, I heard of him. Yeah, with the whole new Charlotte uh, track and everything. We we need to really get back to that style for sure. Like, we need to start sampling anime, <laughs> like how they did for that one song, like a new Charlotte. Yeah, I know you're talking, I know you know what I'm talking about, how they sampled uh, Elf and Lid and stuff of that nature. I need to hear you. Yeah, definitely look up where they got the sample from. Look up uh, anime. I, actually, I'm gonna send it to you. I, I'm gonna send it to you like when I when we find time after 
this or one. They, I know exactly where they got the sample from. I feel like we need to really, uh, I don't want to say like bite off that style, but definitely like like you know carry that style a little bit more, you know, because I feel like that was really like blowing up like all over for a while, and then it just kind of died down for a bit. But it's still like a classic to me, like a hood classic. Yeah, you gotta look up New Charlotte by De Niro Ferrar and uh I think somebody else. Yeah, he's been doing it for a while, man. He's been, he been doing that shit. Yeah, I hope De Niro Ferrar really gets more recognition for sure because it's just like, you know. It it was sucking like all that time it was like it was like really just put out there and then it's just like, oh wow, it's just nothing came. Uh, yeah, like, he has like over like a hundred k subscribers. I feel like yeah, he he he's doing pretty well. I need to really check out more of his music, but yeah, he he he, he good, definitely good. Hold on, let's see, De Niro, No, it's Duru the King that did that song. Yeah, man, that's a lot of that's a lot of good people coming from down here, man. Yeah, I need to really check in more with Dude the King for sure. He only has like one K subscribers on YouTube. But I don't know. Do you feel like what do you think is our main issue in North, in North Carolina instead of like, you know, growing up? What, what do you think is holding us back as a people? As far as music, we just gotta we just don't share each other's stuff. Yeah. That's the stuff we do. That's what they do. You know, like, like we're more likely to support our people after we blow up and not like during, right? Yeah. That's all that, that's all that did. You gotta appeal to Texas, California. I, I feel like we were behind the baby for a while, but then it's just like after past like um controversy. And the way people are just hating on dude, like I don't, I don't know, man. It's just I don't feel like they should be beating up on the baby the way that they are, like you know, publicly, like not beating up on him because like nobody beat him up before. But I mean, like in terms of just like I feel like they over criticize him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, been a lot of scrutiny, right? Been a lot of scrutiny. Yeah, I feel like sometimes I feel like maybe some of it. Yeah, okay, he might call it. All caught on itself a little bit, but I still don't feel like it was still like anything like the sweat. You know what I'm saying? Like the whole rolling out thing about the whole like him like you know just trying to hype the crowd up. Like I didn't I didn't think that was anything worth controversy. That could have been like an apology, and that would have been it. Um, then him getting into a fight with his baby mama's like a brother or something like that, and then uh, the whole you know, nowadays you know a lot of people you know. It's it's not just music, so yeah, keeping people into it, and they, and they, you know, people sharing all the stuff that's happening in between the songs. So some of it's good for money. So I mean, some of it's bad. Some of it's good. Yeah, man. I just, I just hope that he bounces back for real because dude was really leading the charge for real. So it's like any North Carolina artist, like I just, I just hope that they do well, and that's just it. You know, because, like, you know, when it's your time to really shine, you know, you want to be able to let no want to be in a place where you hope that nobody else is hating on you or trying to hold you back and whatnot. But, you know, you, you can't be a hater and then people support you outdoor. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> folk, 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 folk will try to cancel you if you say something crazy these days. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Just trying to cancel him is kind of weird. And then it's just like, oh, he didn't sell this many tickets or he didn't do this or whatever. You know, it's just, I really do hope he gets his stride back again, for sure. I know he he already doing good. It's just the internet making it sound like he's doing bad. He's doing just fine. Yeah, trying to hold him or trying to wish a downfall on him. And it's just like, you know, that I don't feel like that was pretty fair. And everything, because it's like, dude lost his brother and his father. Like, you know, it's just like, and I'm not trying to say like, oh, just because people lose family members, like, man, you should be like, automatically feel sorry for him. But it's like, you know, I feel like, you know, as black men in this country, I don't feel like people tend to really give a damn about like our own mental health and like all the struggles we had to put up with. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't care about stuff at all, man. It's flushed that off. 
it's always like, oh, how he reacted to this or what he did this, you know, and then over criticizing every little part of everything, you know, like it's really not that big a deal. Yeah, that'd be bad. But hey, check out my album, Supreme Pizza Man, right now on all platforms. Yeah, sure, man. No, most definitely. But let's go um, back into in regards to, like influences again, because I know you spoke about the Wu Tang Clan. You know, that's a whole nother dimension right there, like an influence. Um, and it's like, who out of the Wu-Tang Clan do you feel like influences you, like, the most? Man, that's a Ghostface. Just Ghostface? Like, don't you got other, like, uh, y'all get no... Well, Ghostface and Raekwon and Jizzle. Uh... But my favorite... Ghostface got a good catalog. Yeah, Ray Ghostface ain't no joke, man. Yeah, like he he makes some crazy stories. Right now, he's still like this. Oh no, most definitely. Like you know, I know definitely Supreme clientele. That whole project is definitely a banger. I haven't listened to those songs. My favorite song off Supreme clientele is one. That's my yeah, favorite. Man, he put out an album in twenty fourteen called Sour Soul. Mm. Yeah, man, it's just like even with Raekwon with like a uh, built for Cuban links and like Jizza with a liquid sword. I just love like the whole Wu Tang catalog, bro. Like it's just it's so crazy how much depth is going in that whole brand as a whole, you know? Yeah, like uh, I'm gonna put all of the karate into it, make make you get into actually yeah. going to watch karate for yeah, like the whole like it really makes you more interested in the kung fu movies, like the Five Deadly Venoms, and uh, obviously all the ones like outside of that. Obviously, Enter the Dragon's like one of the most famous of Bruce Lee and Big Boss. Um, but it's just like all the other ones, they, they just all the sound clips that they be taken from uh, all the other um, <laughs> older kung fu movies and everything. I was watching a kung fu movie. Uh, the other day, and like actually a couple months ago, and it's just like uh, there was like one part where I think dude was trying to demonstrate a horse style, and I'm like, oh, this sounds familiar. They had this on the one of the on one of the Wu Tang joints and everything. I'm like, oh shit, like dang, like we've been listening to kung fu movies for years now without even realizing. It. And it's just like you know, I just thought that was pretty cool, uh, real uh, realization, uh, real, um, revelation right there and everything. Um, could you go deeper on like um, uh, what songs uh, by Jizza do you uh, like or whatever? What, what, just, what song or how Jizza's style kind of influences you also? Uh, one of Jizza's, my favorite song, Jizza's Cold World. Off the Liquid Swords, oh, man. I listen to Liquid Swords. Oh, yeah, I like Shadow Boxing too. Oh, yeah, I like Shadow Boxing. And then I like the song. Can't remember the name. I want to say it might be called Iron. I don't know. If it's Iron. Oh yeah, you know, I I know you're talking about the Iron Mike song. Yeah. Yeah, bro. Old oh, Dirty yeah, Bastard. In my phone, one more song off of Jesus album is called Gold. With him and Method Man called Gold. That song's stupid. Yeah, man, Wu Tang Clan, bro. That that's just bringing me back to all sorts of memories, man, of watching the videos and stuff of that nature. Um, I know, like, from my favorite, like, like, one of my favorites, like, Old Dirty Bastard, for sure. Because I feel like Old Dirty brings a whole, like, level of spirit and soul into, like, a lot of these songs where it just, he just kind of, where he stands out. But I feel like, you know, without him, like, Wu-Tang, I just feel like, you know, it just kind of, like, it always felt like something was missing. You know what I'm saying? Like, the project uh, Raise Up the Iron Flag and whatnot, like, that was when his presence wasn't really as much um present in that album um so, so i feel like you know that's just you just couldn't feel it but that the those uh those first projects and everything um uh was obviously um the freaking enter the 36 chambers and uh what was the one that came after that like with all them on the cover and like the world on it i, I forget world order is that what it was called like their sophomore album wu-tang clan yeah, I believe it's Woo World Order. Oh, Woo World Order. Okay, hold on. Let me let me just look it up right quick. Woo World. 
It says it's a song right here. Hold up. Yeah, I thought that was supposed to be the whole thing. Let me just check and see right quick. Yeah, Wu-Tang Forever. My bad. That's what it was called. Yeah, no. yeah, that, that's it. Yeah, Wu Tang Forever. Yeah, the second it was a double disc, and the second disc was nice. Yeah, until the Wu Tang. That's nineteen ninety three. Wu Tang Forever ninety seven. Yeah, Wu Tang. After that, after that, the beat was hard. It was still good. I like Wu Chronicles and Wu Chronicles uh, Chapter 2. I feel like they were shedding more light to all the obscure parts of uh, Wu-Tang Clan, like all their features and uh, uh, songs. Like Outside of that, too, I just, I just fuck with it. Yeah, I, like yeah. all, I like all the bonus members, too. They was all different. Yeah, man. It just... It's like a whole lot of just, you know, shifting back and, and stuff and just and just listen through all the songs and everything and just looking through even like the cover. I got the vinyl, um the vinyl uh of uh Enter the Wu Tang just sitting in my closet right now because like my vinyl player broke right now. But it's like you know, that, uh, once I get like another and everything, like I'm I'm gonna be playing all these songs like whenever I get that chance and stuff. So I know you say you mentioned that you so it was um it was Raekwon, Jizza, and uh who was the third one that was like influencing your style a whole lot? Ghostface. Yeah, Ghostface was your main favorite one. And those are your top three basically in your own opinion. Yeah, they're my top three. Yeah, that's that's not a bad one for sure. Like I feel like just a Raekwon. Raekwon definitely killing that shit still right now too. Okay, and uh, outside of Wu Tang, and uh, I know you mentioned uh, it was a Wu Tang uh, clips and uh, MF Doom. What what other uh, artists influences you also? Okay. Who? Outcast. Oh yeah, definitely Outcast. Definitely like you, you you know, one thing I love about Outcast is like how Killer Mike was kind of like the unofficial member of like Outcast in my opinion. I like I like Killer Mike too, but what I like I like Big Boy because Big Boy used to rap off beat, but it was still good. And niggas didn't even notice. Like he was one of the first niggas I knew to rap off beat. You feel like Big Boy was kind of like ahead of his time in that regard, huh? Man, Big Boy had that folk. Yeah, yeah I, I just guess I was just more like, um, I was more like drawn to like Andre 3000's presentation as a whole. Well, you know, he's, of course, Love Below is one of the greatest. Yeah, for sure, man. I also like Idlewild too. With the Hollywood divorce, yeah, like Idle Wild too, man. But it's just something about um, when Andre did that shit by himself. That shit just put him on a different level. Yeah, for sure. Oh, um, did you know that shit went? That shit went diamond. What uh, the love below and the speaker box, yeah. I think I know. I think it had a lot to do with like the track on it saying, "I like the way you move." Yeah. Hey y'all. Uh, yeah, I think that might have had something to do with it. But it's like that's cool that they went diamond, bro. That's great like when rappers go diamond and everything. I feel like I feel like at one point it was just like one rapper that did like maybe like an Eminem here. But it's like now it's like it's becoming more like abundant, like that rappers are going diamond. And I and I love that. <laughs> so in regards to like how this music thing, like how how'd you get into this music thing? As a whole, like uh, it was pretty much uh, grown out of, of grief, uh, uh, correct? Would you say that, like, uh, like rap as a whole has kind of healed you from a lot of that pain in your past? Yeah, it wasn't just primarily from grief either, but yeah, I was also listening to other people rap. It was, you know, 
in the same city as me, so that shit got expensive too. But yeah, it, it does help get you get you out of where you currently at. Have you have you thinking outside the box? Yeah, man, I truly believe that and everything. And uh, I feel like that's amazing that you're actually in this music thing. Like you actually already have like a like like a marketability, uh, a marketable edge to you and everything with the whole pizza uh, dynamic. And then it's just like uh, going off from that um, to actually setting up your own website, too, man. I feel like that's going to really carry you a lot for like the next couple of years and everything. Oh, what are your plans uh, in the next couple of years? Like, where do you see yourself in five years from now? Uh, oh, selling my games, doing some trading. I'm in the for, I'm in the forex, but not not scamming. Though. I ain't scamming. Yeah, I know you're talking about Bitcoin, right? No, I'm in the forex. I'm talking currency pair. Oh, okay. But in terms of music, like, where do you really see yourself for five years from now? As far as music, five years from now. I'll still be, I still put out an album. Still put out an album every year. Still put out singles, but musically, I just feel like I'll still be exploring. Always trying to, not necessarily keep up, but <clears throat> staying on some next shit, but also going with the times too. Mm-hmm. No, that's great. That's, that's very, very good, man. Oh, seriously. And it's just like, I feel like for sure, like I feel like you could even go further than that in the next five years. And I'm not I'm bullshitting you for real. Like, especially with the type of music that you're putting out, like just listening to your project and just how you're organized with your website situation. I feel like that's gonna carry you a lot further in this music thing than like the average like SoundCloud rapper or whoever, you know, just putting music out just to put music out. You know what I'm saying? Like you gotta be organized first. And just just hear like you know that you're a doomite and everything and just all the other like um, uh, artists and everything that I also share like um, I share a deep respect for and uh, pretty much grew up on myself. I feel like it was similar taste like that. I feel like there's no way that you like can't like you know become like really really successful in this uh, music thing as a whole and everything. Um, <laughs> I appreciate you for hopping on uh, the Mental Threats podcast for episode 137. And I'd like to see you uh, for uh, season three, like once I'm uh, more mobile, the job in between a city to city. Would that interest you? Yeah, I'll be uh, there. Let me know. Oh, yeah, surely. Definitely sometime after April of uh, next year, for sure. Um, but that's it for the Mental Threats podcast. Is there anything else that you want to say before we go off? Go to my website and get, get Life and Times of Pizza Man. It's $5. SupremePizzaMan.com is the website. Got to check that project out, man, for sure. Most definitely. Uh, I'll be sure to hit, hit that stuff up as soon as I get on my next paycheck. All right, that's it for the Mental Threads podcast. We're sewing in, and now we're sewing out. <laughs>